Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Family, the Gathering, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on January 20th, 2019. One of the greatest gifts that we've been given in, in our lives is family. Family is such a, a critical part of everything we do. Uh, as we live in community together as, as uh, people of God, as children of God, the aspect and the dynamic of God's family is something that is so, um, it, it's so unique and so beautiful that God uh, kind of guided us on that path and he's shown us some things to help us understand his idea, the biblical way to live in family. So this morning, what I'd like for us to do together, if you grab your Bibles and if you didn't bring your Bible with you this morning, there's extra ones under the seat. Uh, you're welcome to use those. If you use your iPhone, iPad, whatever works for you. Um, and also I want to note too, on, on a side note on those Bibles that are under the chairs there, if you know someone that doesn't have a Bible, or would like a Bible, or if you need a Bible, uh, please, those are our gift to you, um, to please take those, share those with the world around you, and uh, we have plenty of them, and we know where to get more if we need to, so we know a guy, if you will, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got, a, we got a connection, And uh, but just uh, don't be afraid to take one of those with you if you need one. So this morning, what I'd like for us to do is it's going to be a little complex, so I want you guys to really pay attention. This morning, we're, we're going to do a little common core math. How does that sound? You like that? Common core math? Yeah, yeah, no? Yeah, a little throw you off a little bit, all you guys that are products of APS, right, like me? <laughs> See, I had to do it this morning because my wife's in the back, you know, she's, she, she'll, she'll end up taking over teaching because I, I won't know how to do it. But what I want to do this morning is, is use common core math to help us better understand God's plan for the body of Christ, for God's plan for his family. It's a simple equation, but it's something that I think we should look at. And uh, but, but before we look at that, I want us to kind of take note of a couple of things. See, first, I think, I think we need to define who can be a part of God's family? I think we need to be very clear of, of who is God's family and who can be a part of God's family. So if you would turn with me to Romans, the book of Romans chapter 10. And I want to look at verses 10 through 13 because I think it gives us a, a good descriptive of a picture of who can be a part of God's family. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10 through 13, the writer says, For with a heart... One believes and is justified. And with a mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, the Bible teaches us that when you believe in your heart and when you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you gain entrance into God's family. See, it's all that can be a part of God's family. It's every one of us that can be a part of God's family. But you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, it's important to know that, that in those moments that we do that, that God forgives us of our sins. We, we repent and we turn from our sin and God moves us into this new life, into this family. 
And I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you this morning, that, that when God says your sins are forgiven, he means that all of your sins are forgiven. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished. And what he meant by that is your sins of past, your sins today, and the sins that you'll commit in the future are all forgiven. And it's in reflection of to, to what Jesus Christ did for you and I. See, God sent his son to show us that he loves us so much, even in our sin, even in the moments when we're in disobedience and living a life that he did not create for us, when we're in separation from the family, that he loved us so much that he was willing to pay a price that we should have paid. See, God, through Jesus Christ, he adopts us into his family. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then Galatians 3.26 affirms this. He says, For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. See, the Bible makes it very clear that those who believe in faith and confess outwardly that Jesus is Lord are a part of God's family. See, God's desire is that all mankind would come to faith and become a part of his family. And he tells us this so much in Ezekiel, he makes this statement. In Ezekiel 18.23, he says, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live. And then again in 2 Peter verses three, chapter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all, but that all should reach repentance. So the understanding of who can be a part of his family, who is a part of God's family, leads us to this equation, this common core math that we're going to use this morning to help us better understand God's family and who is a part of it and how we should live as God's family. So I want to ask the question, what does one plus one equal? Two. Well, I'll tell you, in accordance to God's word, one plus one, that equals family. See, one believer, one follower of Jesus Christ plus one other follower of Jesus Christ means family. One plus one plus one plus one to the thousandth time. I don't even know if that's right or not, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> See, in accordance to God's will, in accordance to God's plan, one plus one equals family. And this is why you and I should do as the New Testament church did. This is why the passage that we're going to look at this morning, I believe, will help us to understand how important it is for us to gather together, for us to come together as God's family. See, we are family and we should do as God has asked of, asked of us. And that's simply to gather often. To come together often. Because it's, it's simple, common core math that he's taught us. One plus one equals family.
before we read our passage, I'd like for us to pray. Father, we come before you in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we open our hearts, we open our minds, we bow before you this morning in worship and in praise. Father, we, we've had a long week and, and we've had loss and we've had hurt and, and, and many of us here have gotten news of, of some health issues and some things going on in our lives and, and worked through some relational tough moments, Father. But right now in this moment, Father, we, we, we lay that at the foot of the cross. We bring our burdens to you, Father. We bring our heavy hearts to you. And Father, we ask in these moments that, that by the power of your spirit, that you would, that you would renew us, Father, that you would uh, reinvigorate us, Father, to be reminded of the hope and the purpose and the plan that you have for each and every one of us this morning. And Father, together as a family, as your family, that we would use these moments to pray for one another, to encourage one another, and to remind each other of the hope that we have in your son, Jesus Christ. That we have been forgiven of our sins, that we have been washed and we are cleansed and we are new again. And in this new life, Father, we have hope. And in this new life, we have one another. And as we go on this journey together, Father, I pray that you would guide our steps, that you would help us to see clearly the things that you have for us. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for loving us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in our passage this morning, we're going to look at the book of Acts, chapter 2. And, and a, lot of, a lot of us are familiar with this story, but I'd like to read, uh, starting in verses 37 through 40, 47, and just kind of have a conversation about some of the verses here in this passage. Starting in verse 37, he sa- it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, What shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves, from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. See, if one plus one equals family, then how do we live together to reflect the community that God wants us to come, to be the family that God wants us to be. I want to offer us a a few things that that we can learn from the New Testament church family. And the first thing is simply to, to understand that it's about God's kingdom and not our own. See, it's about God's kingdom and not our own. 
See, we see this in verse 30 and 39. Right away, Peter gets to this and he says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 39, he says, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now, if we, if we look at the text here and we back up even just one verse in verse 38, I mean in 37, excuse me, or we look at verse 36, excuse me, I know which verse it is, one of those, the one before, how's that? He says in verse 36, he says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, the Jesus whom you crucified. See, that's an important statement for these people to understand. It's an important statement for you and I to understand. Because I don't know about you guys, but, but I've built my own kingdom. <laughs> I, I've established my own kingdom, and in my kingdom, I want things to go a certain way. And when in those moments, they don't go that certain way, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm bothered. You know, when you walk by me on Sunday and you pass by my kingdom and you don't say hello to me and you don't do the things that I expect of you to do, you offend my kingdom. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of mess with my kingdom a little bit because that's not the picture of what my kingdom should look like and how it should be. See, what we see here in the text before these few verses here is a people a people that were part of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. A people that were part of a religion that they had established, they had created their own kingdom. And Peter tells them very bluntly and very specifically, he says, turn from that kingdom, repent and be baptized. That's a powerful statement. See, he holds nothing back. He says, because it's not about your kingdom, but it's about God's kingdom. You know, it's important for us to understand what this means for you and I. See, in this very moment, when Peter tells us to repent and be baptized, he's telling us to turn from our sins, to turn from our own selfish ways, our own selfish world, and come in to the kingdom of God and begin to living in this new life for God's kingdom. Do you, get, do you guys ever think about or realize that's why as a church we believe in water baptism? I, I want you to picture for a moment what, what water baptism looks like and, and kind of why we do that together as a church. See, we, we see the, the visual of a person, an individual that is professed and confessed, repented from their sins and acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord. They've repented and now they're being baptized. And that picture is just simply that, that they're going and they're dying as Christ has died to their sin. And they're coming out, out of the water and entering into this new life. As I was thinking about this for myself, the day that I got baptized as a kid, I was thinking about, I remember being really scared. I remember being like, what's going to happen to me? Is this guy going to hold me under for too long, you know? And what if I get water up my nose? What's going to happen, you know? You know, I'm a kid. I think about all these things. I still think about all these things. 
But you think about the picture of that is that we close our eyes and immediately it becomes dark and we lose sight of everything. And then when we come up out of that water, our eyes are opened and now we see more clearly. Now we come into this life, this kingdom that God has created for you and I. Romans 6 Verses three and four says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness. Did you catch that? In newness of life. Our kingdom to his kingdom. See, this new life, it's given to us through Jesus Christ. It's powered by God's spirits. It's a promise of, for all of God's family. And it happens in the moment that you become a part of God's family. See, and the reality is that we can all be a part of this family. We just have to choose to repent and be baptized. I, I want to ask you this morning, Have you taken the step to be baptized? Have you taken the step to repent, to move from your kingdom into God's kingdom? Whether you're young or old, I'd encourage you, if you haven't taken that step, that this morning, that you make that a priority. That you move from your kingdom into God's kingdom. Instead of focusing on on your world and everything you expect it to be and everything that you want it to be, turn from that and enter into God's kingdom. And discover everything that God wants it to be and everything God has created it to be. See, as a family, that's when we'll live in peace. That's when we'll live together in harmony when each and every one of us do that. One plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one equals family. We know who God's family is and how do we can become a part of it. So what's our next step? Well, I believe our next step is, is it's a devotion to our faith. It's a devotion to one another. In verses 41 and 42, it's a devotion to God that builds family. It says here, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. See, when we're united as God's family, people take notice. But I'll tell you, they they also take notice when we're not united as God's family. (laughs) In fact, I'll tell you, they'll take more notice in those moments. I, I love what he's saying here. He's saying they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship See, it's devotion to God that brought about this life change. It's a commitment to God that builds God's family. You know, think about 3,000 people were added that day. And, and all I can do is, is create a picture, a, a visual in my own mind. I, I just got to imagine there were just all these people just hanging out, wondering when dinner was or when lunch was and when are we going to eat and I heard that this Jesus guy feeds people, you know, and maybe his apostles will feed them too, you know. And as, as these people lived out this lifestyle, this devotion to God, 
And I believe that's what the difference was. It wasn't just the teaching. It just wasn't the preaching. But it was the, the life that was being lived out in reflection of the teaching and the preaching. It was the changed lives that they saw. Because I, I tell you, I, many of these people, I believe, probably saw these apostles, these, these followers of Jesus before Jesus died. And they probably saw them just after Jesus died. But they saw something different. They saw this devotion that, that made them question and wonder so much that, that they said, what do we need to do? <laughs> what, what's our next step? How do we experience this new life? Well, I think, I think they saw the church family. They, they saw a picture of what God intended a family to look like. They, they, they understood or they were just seeking to understand this common core math of one plus one equals family. If I confess and believe, then, then I get to be a part of this family and I want in. I want to be a part. I think, I think it's, this is why the, the writer in Hebrews says this. Chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. He says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, Jesus died, he rose again, and then he ascended to heaven. And many of these people were witnesses of that. Many of these people were a part of that. And Peter was preaching this gospel, this message of repentance and baptism. And he was inviting them in to a family. And I believe these people were doing these simple things. They were, they were stirring each other up to this love and this good works. They were modeling what a family looks like. And I tell you, they weren't neglecting to hang out together. <laughs> it tells us here specifically that they met daily. They met daily in the temple and they met daily house to house. They didn't neglect to stir each other up. Instead, they chose, they made the decision to devote themselves to God so that they can encourage one another because they knew that Jesus was coming again. I, I'd be curious to take a survey. Maybe there's a survey already that's been done and amongst believers, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I, I wanna, I'd be curious to, to know how many of us wake up in the morning and think to ourselves, this could be the day that Jesus comes to get us, that Jesus comes back. And if I'm honest with you guys, I, I probably don't do that as many days as I should. You know, I, I'll be honest, I wake up and I thank God for the new day. I thank him for, for the day that he's given me. I thank him for the opportunities that I've been blessed to be a part of and be, uh, be involved in. I think as the church, as we come together as family, that's something that we should remind each other of. You know, th this last week, I, I experienced probably one of the toughest moments I've experienced as a pastor. I, I had a brother in the Lord, Pastor Jerry Evans, as I was sitting there in the hospital with him, calls me over, we're hanging out, family, we're hanging out, he calls me over, and he looks me in the eyes and he says, Pastor, 
He says, will you pray for me? And then he, and then he goes on to tell me specifically how he pray, wanted me to pray for him. He says, brother, will, will you pray that God takes me home today? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to pray that God would keep him here for another 10, 20, 30, 40 years. See, Jerry was ready to go home. Jerry was ready to be in his home because he understood and he knew that Jesus was his home, that Jesus was coming again. And if Jesus wasn't going to come for him, by all means, he was ready to go to him. (laughs) See, as a church, we should remind each other of that every single day. We should gather together and devote ourselves to God so that we build God's family, that we pour into each other to remind each other in those moments when, when we're faced with the last moment of our life, the last breath that we'll breathe. Yeah, it, it's a moment of, of sorrow and a moment of, of mourning together, but it's also a moment of rejoicing because that's our hope. See, this isn't our home. We get to gather together and hang out as family for a while. But it's only temporary. But our home is in heaven. And that's our hope. See, Jesus tells us how important the gathering is by simply saying this as he, he tells the disciples in Matthew 22. He said to them, you shall, live, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and all the prophets. Everything rests on this. A devotion to God and a devotion to one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Everything that you have. And then love your neighbor. See, if we do that, we'll fulfill the law of God. Every command that God has given us, everything that he's asked of us as as his children and as his family, we'll honor God by doing that. See, community is God's plan. It's his design. And a community of believers in Jesus Christ is who we will become if we simply just do the math. It takes every one of us to make a family. One plus one equals family. See, this brings us to the last point that I'd want to make today is that we gather because it's God's plan for his family. Verses 44 through 46. says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Now, if, if there is any passage in the Bible that should speak to us when we think about the church, the body of Christ, this passage should be a passage that we live out daily. See, this is why we gather together. This is why we come together as the church. 
Because I tell you what, everyone in this room right now, everyone that calls Soul Rio home, every believer in the churches throughout our city, throughout our state, every individual has a need. And I'll tell you this morning, that need is you. They need you. And if you don't believe me, come and ask me. Because I'll tell you, I need you. (laughs) I really do. I need you. I need you to stir me up. I need you to pray for me. I need you to, to, to do like my friend Russ Hudson says and give me a hug every now and then and remind me that, that you love me. And I know that you need me. I know that, that you need me to remind you of just how much God loves you and how much I love you. See, it's part of God's plan. God God never, never, ever, ever, ever intended for us to do this alone. God always had community in mind. God always had his family in mind. It's just up to us to do the math. It's up to us to take the steps. See, the rewards of being a part of God's family are limitless. And the truth of it is that, that God created us to live in community together. I tell you, the hardest moments my wife and I have faced together, we have never faced alone. We have always had our church family walk with us and come alongside us and be with us in ways that that humbled us, in ways that we almost said, hey, we don't really need that. We don't really want that. But God humbled our hearts and said, you know what, Floyd, Janice, you need that. They need to love you and you need them to love you. It's so important that we gather together. It's so important that we encourage one another. Because I tell you, the day is near. God is coming. He is sending his son. And community, the gathering, it's all a part of his plan. And he wants all of us to be a part of it. I want to leave you with one last thought. If we follow the example of the New Testament church, we too will see all those that we love come to a faith in Jesus Christ. I want, I want you to leave with that thought. If we model this picture of the New Testament church, we will add to our numbers daily. Because people will see something different. People will want to be different. But it all starts with you. You have to be different. You have to repent and be baptized. You have to confess and believe. Old life is gone. The new has come. Welcome to his family. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Father, we thank you that you've offered us these words of encouragement, Father, that you've given us your word and an understanding of this picture of community that you've created. Father, here at Sol Rio Church, our, our hearts are to be authentic in our worship. Our hearts are, are to be authentic in the lives that we live and to be a reflection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, but we need your spirit. We need your guidance. Father, you've set the path before us. Father, we ask that this morning, that if we haven't confessed, 
that this day today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that we confess in our hearts and we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. That he is our Lord. That we would turn for, from our disobedience, from our sin, and we would repent from that. Father, and we would take the, the step to be baptized. Because it's a reflection, a model of, a, of an inward commitment, commitment and an outward expression of our faith in you, our trust and belief in you, Father. Father, this, this morning we come before you and, and we ask that, that you would unite us as your family, that you would strengthen us as a family, Father, that you would help us to become the family that you've created us to be. Father, that we would walk together in obedience, that we would gather together often, not only on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week, Father. And that we would see it as an important part of our life together as a family. And that we would come to a place where we understand just how important we are to one another. That first and foremost, we would love you with all of our hearts. We would lift our hands and praise you and give you the worship that you deserve. And Father, secondly, we would love one another. We would love one another just as you have commanded us. Father, that we would be a model people for the world around us. That we would be a reflection of who you are in our community. And Father, we believe in faith and by faith that if we do this as a church family, as we do this as a church community, Father, that daily, daily, we will have more and more family members join. More and more people that we love so dearly come to faith in you. But it all starts with us. Father, you have to work in us before you can work through us. So Father, we ask that you would do that. Bring about that life change, Father. Help us to see the things that maybe are hindering our faith in you, maybe are hindering our walk with you, Father, and that we would, we would seek to turn from those things and turn to you and enter into this new life, this life that, that you've promised us. Father, I just thank you so much for that. Thank you for opening our eyes this morning. Thank you for reminding us of what it looks like to be a part of your family and who, who is welcome in your family. Thank you that each and every one of us is welcome. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at solrio.com. At Sol Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.